0: We're born into our names, but we become family by heart. I'm Dustin Gruss, public speaker and family transition coach. When my wife and I found out in the beginning of 2016 that we weren't going to be able to have our own biological children just seven months into our marriage, we were shook. Little did we know what lied ahead through our journey of infertility, foster care, And where we are now, having recently adopted our two beautiful boys. What we do know is every little bit of help we got along the way was priceless. And that's what we can expect with this podcast. Stories of inspiration and resources to lead you through that journey. From the heartbreak of infertility to the hope and blessings that come with foster care and adoption. We may have different stories, backgrounds, and names, but we're all family here. This is Family by Heart. Hello friends, welcome again to Family by Heart. We are getting into part two of our story. I'm joined by my lovely wife, Leanne. And part one was all about our journey through our infertility, well actually our journey meeting, uh, falling in love, getting married, and our infertility journey and how we overcame that, and then here we are, part two, story how we became foster parents, and then later on, to where we are now, adopting our two beautiful boys, and how we became family by heart, so sit back, enjoy, if you have any questions, uh, again, please feel free to reach out to myself, Dustin at stepuptogreatness.com. And you can find my wife on Facebook and social media as well. Enjoy and thanks again for tuning in. All right, so we made it through where Eva has completely changed our lives and decided to go ahead and take our licensing classes. Now, a lot of people don't realize that there is a difference between. getting a license through county and through a private agency. Um, well, at least in Cuyahoga County and in Ohio, there is. Um, what was kind of for you led you to more wanting to go through county versus a private agency?
1: A uh, daycare help. The county helps with daycare costs if it's an approved uh, location where if you go through an agency that is help you do not receive so knowing especially at first getting to right off the bat instead of one that was a huge expense that we were not equipped to be able to handle so daycare help is the biggest reason we went with county when children um come into foster care they are given a level and agencies tend to get children who are rated higher levels because they have uh, more needs both physically emotionally depending on what brought them into foster care and agencies require oftentimes additional training that county foster parents do not you know is not required of them so i also felt like um Never having been a parent before, that would be the way to go to help me at least ease into parenthood. To take children that had, um, I, I hate to say it, but like a basic level of trauma versus ones that might need more extensive help that I, I at the time, did not feel equipped to handle. I had no, no training, anything like that.
0: Yeah. And that was another thing. So as we move into the licensing procedure, so we decided to go with county to get the assistance and to have lower level needs per se one, there is 40 hours of classes, pre-service training that you have to take. There is also background checks, interviews, And
1: here's the deal. The county is trusting you with children that they have custody, emergency, temporary, or permanent custody of. They are going to make sure that you are vetted thoroughly before they put a child in your care. So anything that is your business, they will make their business to make sure that there's no reason they shouldn't put a child in your care. So that is extensive um, background check, references, um, letters of recommendation, um, your finances, letters from your employers, everything. Yeah. And that's on top of the home <clears throat> visits where they come to your house and you have to explain this part of your home and this part of your home. And your vitamins have to be locked up and your Windex has to be locked up and you get interviewed essentially and I mean there's some at least we received I will say having other knowing other foster families it didn't seem that all of this was consistent the basics were there but we have another foster friend who she did not have to have her medicine locked up where we did and but they had to have alcohol locked up or that was not a anything we were checked for so unfortunately there isn't always consistency in things like that um, which you would think there would be but so i mean they came in and asked some very personal questions <laughs> you know very personal questions very intrusive in you know situations but i get it they are if if something happened and my children were not in my care. I would want to make sure whoever had them was 100% cleared.
0: Now, there were two forms that were pretty interesting uh, when it came to the licensing procedure and stuff. Um, One of them kind of makes you feel like crap, complete shit because of the answers you have to give and things that you're not willing to work with.
1: It's four, (coughs) it's four uh, pages long and it covers every ailment, every physical situation, mental situation, emotional situation, gender, ethnicity, um, level of trauma that you could anticipate. And there's a column, yes, I would accept this and no, I would not. And you go through that list and and check it off. And it's not fun, because you were having to say, no, I could, I cannot handle, I cannot handle a child with this situation. And I mean, some of the conditions we had to look up, Mm -hmm. we had never even heard them before. So it was like, "I, I don't know about this you know and god bless people who are able to without or maybe they do have training or something but we were going into this completely blind the only training we were given um was our you know in class training which in no way touched on anything like that Um, now granted i understand if we were to birth the child we would be we could be thrust into you know being parents to children of a variety of needs and i understand that but when you become a foster parent you do have the option and there are some things that we did say no to that we did not feel comfortable with and i made a copy of the sheet and i answered my way and you answered your way and we compared and if there mm-hmm. was one we didn't agree on we talked it out so that mm-hmm. we both felt heard And we both were given a chance to say, but this is, I don't feel comfortable with this, or I don't know, let me hear your thoughts. And I liked how we did that because then we could, we were both in it together to figure out what we felt as a parenting team, we would be able to, um, we would be able to give a child their best safe home, Mm -hmm. you know, while standing in that gap.
0: And the other form... Please end up playing a bigger role Mm -hmm. much later on, but we'll cover that when we come to that. But so we went through the classes and we opted to do the Friday evenings and Saturday days, which sped up the licensing process for a bit, plus the fact that you are queen of all paperwork and got everything done in record time. Uh, So fast forward to a licensing day, we, we find out that we get our license and uh, I was working at a gym at the time and had just gotten home and was just getting ready to eat lunch. And all of a sudden I hear the garage door, hear you come in and I'm like, what are you doing here? Like, what's going on? And it was pretty special because you knew that one of the things that I always enjoyed was like the special like announcement or the the reveal of the pregnancy of some sort. And so here you show up at home to let me know you got the call that we were licensed. And so you got me a beautiful card and a decal to go in the car saying foster dad with little handprints on it. And we had our magic moment and cried. And then we were like, okay, well, are we ready?
1: Yes, because you can be licensed, but not on the bed list. So when, when she called to say, Hey, you know, your license has been approved. Um, Just let me know when you're ready to go on the bed list. I said, okay. So I had been carrying and that the card, bed list. The bed list is the open bed list that says you can take children whatever whatever age you agreed to, however many be- open beds you have in your home. So when they get children to care, they know, okay this this household has X beds for X number of children. So I had been carrying that card around, oh, for probably three months because I had no idea when the call was going to come in. But like you said, that was a soft spot for you. You always enjoyed people getting, you always enjoyed pregnancy announcements. Um, But like you specifically looked forward to as a nan getting to be told that we were having a baby. And while I knew that was not the case, I still wanted to do something special for you to reveal it. So I don't think when I came home, I think I just handed you the card. And as you were reading the card, it was obvious what was going on. So that was about three o'clock in the afternoon. I got the call from Nancy. I immediately got in my car to drive home, 15 minute drive. We stood in the kitchen, cried that here we are at this next step and said, okay, whatever God needs, whenever God needs for as long as God needs. And it was like, all right, so um, I called Nancy from the kitchen to say, hey, put us on the bed list whenever, you know, whenever. And got back in my car, drove back to work, and she called back and said, hey, we actually have two children that have been here all day. Can you take them? And I said, oh, well, we're only approved for one. And she said, well... It's a 13-month-old and a three-week-old sibling set. And I know you have a bassinet on the pack-and-play, so you would be able to take both. And I said, "Uh, let me call Dustin. (laughs) Because I called (laughs) Dustin, and he's like, for real? We got the call at 3 o'clock. By 3.45, we were being asked if we could take two children. And by 7.30, they were in our home. Um, the, The disconnect there is when a child is taken into custody by the county before they're taken to a foster home. They have to go to triage to be looked over to m- see the extent of any injuries and things like that. But also, so the county has record that this is, this is what the child had on their body when they came into care, any markings, any bruises, any injuries. That way, um, a week later, if the children see the parents for the first time and the parents say, oh, well, you know, these foster parents hurt my child or they did this. The county can say, well, actually, you know, they had that mark on them when we took them into the care. They've got that medical medical record. So.
0: And that is one thing that they warned us in the pre-service training is that the parents, even though you were told in the training that you are an advocate for the child. You're on the team child team, make sure everything's good for them. And, and your goal and our goal going in was to work with the parents and help make sure everyone was happy, healthy, and safe. And they warn you that parents bio parents will look at you as the enemy. They look at you just like they look at the people of the county that you took their child. You, are keeping their child from them, not that you're taking care of their child and keeping them safe and happy and healthy until they take care of whatever they need to. They look at you as part of the problem, part of an obstacle, why they don't have their children.
1: Yes. Now that's not in every case. Mm-hmm. There are some cases where, where, you know, the, the biological families, the, the parents do mm-hmm. see that, um, Perhaps they are not making the best decisions um, and see that you are caring for their child and are thankful in, in some ways, but uh, that's what the foster care. You just, you truly never know what's going on or, or what's happening. So we had um, a friend who just happened to be at the church <laughs> at the time that I got back and I was like, this is happening. They're bringing two children, a three month, a three week old and uh, a 13 month old. And she went to the store and got some chicken nuggets. And um, cause these children were taken from their mother that morning. So they had been mm-hmm. at the County office since like nine 30. And again, we got the call at three 45 and they got to the house at seven 30 and um, they could not tell me if they had eaten, they could not tell me and could tell us anything. Yeah. So thankfully, uh, our friend who had gone to the store, we were able to, you know, get some chicken nuggets and some things for the toddler. Um, we had formulas so the baby could have, you know, a bottle, but it was a wild ride.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, they were with us for seven weeks to, that first night. Uh, I remember you know when when you called to see if we should take them we're like well will we regret it if we don't take it and we're like yeah so then fast forward that evening to about one in the morning after you and i both tried multiple times using a traditional swaddle like just a blank like infant blanket yeah. type swaddle you've
1: all seen them even if you don't have kids you, you know the blankets we're talking about
0: and this little guy would not keep his arm still. And both of us tried multiple, multiple, multiple times to swaddle him because holding him seemed the only time that he would kind of stay quiet.
1: And through tears, through tears, (laughs) because he had already peed on the dog and peed on the floor because I had two younger sisters. So I was used to, to changing girls. And was not prepared for.
0: People did tell you to point it down. I changed a diaper. I changed
1: a diaper, and it, he peed across the room and hit the dog, <laughs> who was like, "What in the world just happened here?" Uh, so it was like a really rough night because again, we woke up that morning like nothing was different, and we were going to bed with two children in our home, so in a matter of moments, everything had changed. And through tears, I told Dustin, I need you to go to Walmart and either get duct tape or the <laughs> Velcro swabbler blankets, because I can't get this to work. So either we have to tape it shut, or we Yeah, the blanket, not tape the baby's yeah, not right? No, no, no. <laughs> tape, tape the blanket shut because it was like, I cannot get this thing. Nothing was <clears throat> keeping it together. And he was wiggly and Oh my gosh. So
0: And thankfully this was pre COVID, so Walmart was still so, open yes. twenty four hours. Yes.
1: So he came back in angelic vision with <laughs> the swaddlers. I think you we were back by like two fifteen in the morning. And <clears throat> um, that was our, our first night. And then my parents, parents came the next day yes. and
0: and watched the kids for a few hours while we slept. In our room as much as we could.
1: I think your brother and sister-in-law and the kids too, because we were going to do something with our niece that day and obviously couldn't because we were not expecting this. And I'm not necessarily a private person. I'll pretty much talk about anything, anytime, but I was so exhausted. They came over and they cooked, they, you know, came to meet the kids and they um, brought dinner and stuff like that. But I can remember and God bless Jackie for this because (laughs) I, it would never have been something I asked her to do. But I think just as a a mom of three herself, like she knew, um, she folded laundry Mm -hmm. and, but it was a load that had like, you know, underwear and stuff that you don't necessarily want people (laughs) to, you know, but I was just so appreciative because like that would have been last on my list of things to do that day. So the fact that, you know, your family came over and fed us, I just remember sitting out there like a zombie at the table. Like I didn't even, I couldn't even remember how to chew Mm -hmm. because I had missed one night of sleep, (laughs) like one night of sleep. Had I known how many more sleepless nights I had, um, and I had not started drinking coffee at this time either. So I have, but
0: that started during that seven weeks while they were with us. Yes. And the seven weeks, I think they went by slow, but fast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Definitely, we both a- had our moments of bonding with the kids and oh, yeah. moments of being frustrated. And then I know oh. one of the hardest things for me towards the end was um, Z. Towards the end, she was not sleeping the greatest mm-hmm. and it was only falling asleep on my chest. hmm I was having nightmares otherwise. And so I was like the whole last week before they went to their grandmother. And thankfully the day they went back, I had to work that evening. So that kept my mind occupied. Mm-hmm. Um, Anything from there, seven weeks staying out to you?
1: Just that my heart, <clears throat> just like with Eva and it me finding out my heart could love in a different capacity than it had before. Having those two in our home and in our lives opened my heart in a new way that I was unaware that it could love. And that coffee is good. (laughs) It took. I had
0: been telling you. I know. Everyone
1: had it. I had, it it took, (laughs) to
0: 37
1: mm-hmm. to realize that coffee is a friend <laughs> and a good friend at that always yeah. there for you
0: oh yeah doesn't let you down <laughs>
1: picks you up when you need it
0: so then after our first two we just had to take a month off
1: yes even though you sign up as a foster parent you you know reunification is the goal mm-hmm. um you, you know, going into that, that they're not going to be with you forever. So you get to love on them and help them, you know, you help be the bridge uh, in between their home and whether they go back home or they go to a family member or whatever. Um, I remember they left. I cried as hard as I could cry. I went and got um, a piece of pizza in a Pepsi and just dry my sorrows and some, some greasy food. And then I came home and shoved every single thing of theirs in the bedroom and shut the door mm-hmm. because I could, I, that I couldn't see it. I could not see it. Um But then in that month, you know, we said, okay, we'll go back on the bed list in a month. We're going to give ourselves, you know, a chance to recoup emotionally, mentally, physically.
0: Mm, um, much we, needed.
1: Yeah. We took a, a trip to, Um, Pittsburgh for the weekend you know just to kind of go and do something fun and then like three weeks three weeks into our four weeks off it was like okay we've got to open that door because if we're going to take another child everything that's in there we have to we have to sort it out and organize it um, so that when we get the next call we have a clean bed for you know this child to go in so three weeks in it's like okay you open the door one day you're like all right well i'll i'll you know wash the bedding and everything okay well after that you know i'll make sure the kai chairs cleaned off and and i'll make sure all the clothes are back in their bins you know because we had opted for zero to two ages zero to two boy or girl so we had bins of boy clothes and bins of girl clothes in a variety of sizes so Because most of the time they're coming with nothing. If it's anything, it's not much. So, you know, it's good to have some items um, at your house. So you have something for any time. And we said, okay, we're going to go back on the call list on uh, September 18th. And I had told our worker that like September 18th, we'll start taking calls again. And September 17th. Uh, we got a call, ironically enough, around the three o'clock hour mm-hmm. saying, hey, we've got a three-month-old. Uh, can you take them?" I called Dustin. He said, sure. I said, all right.
0: Well, I, I, What I said was, are we really going to say no today yeah, and yes tomorrow? Exactly.
1: So it was like, okay, like we're a matter of hours at this point. Yeah. We'll do it. So I called back and said, yes. Um, what you do need <clears> to know is <clears throat> while they're calling us, they're calling other families as well. Because it's not all the time that like the first person they call says yes, yeah, so they need to have some other options. And uh, he had a, a a sibling in care, and that they were unable to take him. So we knew already that um, there was another another sibling that we might be meeting, might be doing visits with, you know, something like that. So this is the difference between like first time parent, second time parent. So the first. When uh, Z and K came to the house, you know, I, we were on top of things. Like we were pacing, just waiting for them to come. The second one, I went to dinner with my friend. Like <laughs> I knew it was going to be hours before this child came to our home.
0: I was at work at the gym. And then afterwards, I called to make sure if the kid was there yet. Because you do, again, both of us have to sign like 40 pieces of paper each. Mm-hmm. So Times um, three, times three, yeah. Three copies. So I'm like, is they there yet? No. All right, I'm gonna go pick up some food myself. Yeah. So, so the, we were
1: much more relaxed that yeah. time because we knew a little bit more what to expect. Trump, when they take them to triage, it is not a fast process. Like, so he got there <laughs> around the same time. He got he got here around <clears throat> closer to eight. Um, this little butterball of a kid. I went I chunk was like, is the new hunk. That's what his shirt said. Chunk is a new hunk. He came to us three months old and weighed 17 pounds. Um oh, yeah. which was m- more than Z weighed, which she left us <laughs> at 14 <laughs> months. Like he I mean, cute as can be, cute as can be. Um, oh, yeah. and just happy go lucky he ate right away and, and stuff like that. So um, as we were signing papers, I was feeding them and, and it definitely felt different the second time. Like, okay, because we felt like, okay, we can't do this. The first time you're like, I don't know, I don't really think we can do this. I don't know. Like the second time you're like, all right, well, we've already done it. So we probably can do it again. So, uh, yes, he came to us at, uh, he came to us at three months old. And from there, it was just, we had our first the all about me meeting, which was with the parents. And we had that with Z and K as well. Um, that is a a meeting that everyone is present, uh, foster parents, our worker, uh, the social worker and the, you know, biological parents of the children. And it's a meeting. So we're all on the same page. We, we know each other. They get a chance to see who is, you know, caring for their child. Um, you get to have visuals, which is just nice because uh, it was just kind of, it was neat just to be able to see like, oh, wow, he looks like his dad, you yeah, know? Like, well, we saw know. dad walking <laughs> yeah.
0: into the building and we're like, that's his dad. Yeah,
1: that's him right there. Okay.
0: 17 pound baby. That's, that's his dad. Yeah.
1: because they're just solid, you know? So um, it was hard. It was hard because uh, like Dustin said earlier, you know, their defenses are off already, rightfully so and they you know they they have to present that this doesn't bother them and that they've got everything under control respect that of course i would assume i would do the same thing you know and we have to be very uh, agreeable and and low-key because we don't want that like we're on the side of reunification that is when when you become a foster parent that's what it's about you know so we wanted them to see that we're here for them if they ever want to talk or have questions or whatever we um we had selected a google number so it didn't like the google numbers how we communicate have always communicated with um parents so that they don't have our personal numbers but they have the google number so like that's given and the social worker asks questions. Anything, you know, is there a particular lotion or a hair product you want us to use? Is there um, a food allergy or a medication allergy that you're aware of? Uh, is there Favorite something they like to show. listen to yeah. or, you know, a show that want, they want to watch? And I mean, for a three-month-old, the main stuff is what have you been feeding them and, you yeah. know, what do you want us to use on their skin? Are there any allergies? Yeah. But those other things, it was nice to know because we could help kind of recreate some of the safety you yeah. know, th- like like the music and the shows and stuff like, okay, so this is something that they're used to yeah. hearing in a positive way so we can um, use that in our home.
0: Yeah, because that was one of the things that, you know, I bonded with the father right away and stuff Was I noticed because of when Tracy came to us and then when the All About Me meeting was, we had, it was a weekend, so we had football to watch and so me and the father talking that first time was like uh yeah this kid likes football like he was just chilling like in my arms watching the tv as football was going and then they told us what cartoons like they will have on for him like because he wasn't necessarily an, an only child in the household and stuff so I'm sure siblings were watching but other shows but we're like okay puppy dog pals we'll figure out what this is and start Mm -hmm. watching it and let we know how much puppy dog pals would be part of our life later on so okay but that's just some of the things like as you find out more about the child but also how the child interacted with the parents so is and you show the parents that you're trying to recreate some of that and, and that you are trying to honor what they've been doing and how they want the child raised, stuff.
1: I found it. I have never felt more humbled than I did both times I was sitting in the room with the bio parents and whether I believe, whether you know why the child doesn't care or not, whether you know if the parents, you know, whatever, the, whatever led the child to come into the custody of the County, you are sitting across from these people. And as believers, you know, no sin is greater than another, but you are sitting here and you are getting to put their kid to bed that night and they're not, you got to see their smile in the morning. And they did not, I found it incredibly humble. And anytime I saw the parents, I still think of that now they are so I, every day of my life, I think of the boy's parents. And wonder what are they doing, where are they at? Man, they missed that. Oh, that was so funny! Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not to a point. I don't know if that fades. I, I don't know. I'm not to that point yet, um, because no matter what they, no matter their choices or their path or their lifestyle, they created the two biggest blessings of my life, and mm-hmm. nothing will like, nothing changes that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so it was very humbling to, to be there with them.
0: And so you, we, go
1: ahead. Oh, I was just gonna go into visits.
0: Oh yeah, and that—that's what I was gonna say is, and you had more time to have those humbling moments because you were the one more often on the visits than me because we had them on your day off most of the time. And
1: yes, I have a day off during the week, and um, I—they tell you in training that you're basically you and your opinion are not gonna matter. You're the low man on the totem pole as a foster parent but I found that if I was able, like I, I said, if we can do visits on Wednesdays, which are my days off, I can transport. And if it didn't matter to the parents, what day of the week it was, that seemed to work in our favor, because then I could help the County and the social worker by transport in both ways. Um, so our visits for the most part were on Wednesdays. We had a period of time where moms were switched to Mondays. Um, And again, I'm lucky that I have such an awesome, you know, place of employment Mm -hmm. that worked with us on that. Um, but visits were, you know, 30 minutes to two hours, depending on the situation and stuff like that. Then COVID hit and they were moved to virtual, which was very difficult. You know, uh, as a now 40 year old woman, I lose my attention span pretty quickly on the (laughs) zoom. Um, but, uh, we did a variety of things. We, we tried to always have him eating Mm
0: -hmm. during
1: the zoom because that gave him something to focus on and like to be interactive about. And we had Dustin sit behind the computer. So if he was looking at Dustin, he was looking at the computer because they do get that time. They are allowed to have that time. It's not their fault. COVID hit. And you know, they're having to do this via zoom. Um, so you have to be, we had to be creative. And we did that for all, we did that for months and months and months.
0: And then, and then, and then yeah, then we had uh, in-person visit, which mom was like, we, we in-person visit at a park and then we knew mom was pregnant and due any day. And here she was lifting her 20 something pound baby, swinging around and we're like, uh, she's I called gonna, it. I said yes. she
1: gonna pop. She's got she, <laughs> she, she should not be lifting that she should not be lifting him naked. up. And sure that enough, was on a Wednesday. And um
0: and that Saturday, Saturday we had the call that the baby was born. And so and Draco came to us on Sunday.
1: The day after he was born. He was day discharged he was a little over twenty four hours after he was born.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh that was again an incredibly humbling experience at this child that I have no idea if their birth mother ever even held him at the hospital if he had had skin to skin no idea this woman who didn't who went to the hospital to pick up a child and bring him here had no connection to him yep. other than work for the county um, dropped him off and we signed our gazillion pieces <laughs> of paperwork and she left and we were suddenly parents of two again
0: and we were suddenly lost again because Draco was not eating. He was no. not taking his bottle. He and had
1: not eaten at the hospital. They, I think, frankly, just wanted him out of there. Out of there. Um, and I, you did skin to skin with him. I uh, was. That was not something I was prepared to do. Um, if I had known how the situation was played out, I might have done it. Um, but I was honestly too afraid to go skin to skin. I did not know if that was something that I would be able to uh, emotionally handle. So you did skin to skin, which I think is why he was so comfortable sleeping on <laughs> your chest for so long. Um, but I called the nurse hotline at like 1230 midnight, my my parent crisis hour, and was like, what am I supposed to do? And they said, do with, like literally anything you can to bring him to the Bring him to the doctor the next day. So we called first thing in the morning, got the pediatrician. We were lucky that we got a great pediatrician with the first two kids, so mm-hmm. it was somebody that we could continue with. Um, but uh, he was such a little guy; he was under six pounds, and he was a few weeks um, early. And the premeniples were the were the, our saving grace because that was the only way we could get him to eat. He was getting his mouth was getting flooded, and he wasn't swallowing the food. Um, so we got preemie nipples for our bottles, and that was that changed man he started gobbling it up and drinking really well and um, the adventure continued. So we were <laughs> now parents to two boys. Uh, they were uh, less than a year apart, three hundred and fifty six days apart, Wowzers! Um, uh, but at this at this time, Dracy has been into care not a full year yet um but it the case was not they were still working forward towards reunification but benchmarks were not being hit mm-hmm. and things were not being done so it was now becoming evident that okay these kids are going to be here for a while and that's when you start to think um could this and these are kids like, could they be staying like forever so uh, in foster care every six months you have an sar a semi-annual review where all parties uh, are well it was in person at the time you know before covid we had not encountered this until post during covid so they were uh, on the phone um and those were very hard meetings to be a part of the parents could have asked us not could have said they did not want us there but at this point we had established pretty good relationships with both parents they they saw me every week um i gave them any information they asked for when they asked for pictures like we really did try because we got into this thinking well we want to walk alongside the parents as well so Mm -hmm. we were trying to be there as much as we could for both of them Um, and our first one they said okay we're going to give you another six months and then we get to that six months and yet again nothing had been done nothing, they had not hit the benchmark, so they were supposed to, and the county wanted to go forward um, with permanent custody. So when a child comes into custody of the county, it's an emergency custody. Then there are 90 days that the county has to move that child from emergency custody to temporary custody. Each time custody changes, a magistrate um, has to uh, approve that. So on these SAR calls, there is a mediator who is facilitating the meeting or I'm sorry, a facilitator, not a mediator, a facilitator who is, they're not on any side, like they're just needing to get the facts. Was this done? Was this done? Was this done? Okay, <clears throat> what is the county wanting to do? Okay, what are the parents saying they're going to do? So a um, got it to fall and then winter hits and we have our trial. And we were at the courthouse for the trial. Um, We were not in the courtroom. Mm -hmm. But I thought I knew being humbled already, um, that was nothing compared to the experience at the courthouse. Um, I would like us not to go into details of that. Mm -hmm. But I will say that that is an occasion. That whole day, I relive about once a month because I just my heart can't let go of, of it. Um, it was very traumatic, very difficult, surreal in some ways. Um, but everything that needed to happen happened that day. Um, I did not have to testify. Thankfully, I was a little, they had prepped me for it. But I, I was frankly thankful I did not have to do that. Um, but basically, you know, the judge asks these questions, the the Guardian at Lightem for the boys asks these questions. Everything is presented. Um,
0: and they had originally told us too that the court was probably not. It's either going to be all day or not all get done in one day. Yeah. Next thing you know, it's it was done. Like, it
1: was like twelve thirty. Yeah. And it was like, oh, and they're like, yeah, they're yeah, done. we're done. And we're it was done. like, it's it, and it was like, okay, is that good or bad? Yeah. You know, like, does what does that mean? And I will say, we were we were on board for reunification until it became evident that that was not the best option for the children. Um, at that point, we had said, yes, we would adopt these children if the county got custody of them. Yes, we would work in whatever capacity, you know, to make sure the kids were safe um, for the future. So we were pro-reunification until it was obvious that that was not in the best interest of the boys. Um, so we had... A long (laughs) 10, 10 weeks waiting for the answer. Mm -hmm. But 10 weeks later, our social worker let us know um, that the county had permanent custody of the boys. At that point, the parents had 30 days to appeal, which they have the right to do. Um, I won't, I'm going to breeze over the the mishap with the appeal, but um, one parent did got set kind of an extension of the appeal, but nobody told anybody that. So we had made some progress uh, only to find out that that was not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but long story short,
0: the appeal was <laughs> denied. And so then we were able to move forward with the adoption of both boys.
1: We got matched first. Yeah, you have to get yeah, matched, get matched. Um, where they basically you know, another person for the county um, gets on, you know, a Zoom with you and says, are you willing to take these children? Yes. How long have they been with you? Yes. The county worker is there and says, yes, we support this. And then they say, okay, you know, you're matched. And from there, once we, we got word of Draco first, then we got word of Dracy um, second, And from there, everything was like lightning fast, full steam ahead.
0: Now, one thing I want to circle back to (laughs) was that I made mention of earlier was the other piece of paperwork when you're going Mm -hmm. through the licensing to become foster parents. And this paper that they give you while you're going through the classes, has what you are looking to file as. Are you looking to be? A kinship, which means you're a family member looking to take in custody of the child while the, the other family members, their parents get everything in order, or you're going to be a foster parent, just be a temporary home for the kids. And if they're, if they move to permanent custody, that means they're going to be moved somewhere else from your home, um adopted by someone else or are you going to be foster to adopt
1: not foster to adopt because there's technically no such thing foster and adoptive parents
0: okay foster and adopt so so and at this point it's a check mark that you put next to one of these boxes and again our goal was always reunification and we didn't want to mark anything other than just the foster box because we didn't want to believe that or we didn't want to at some point start rooting against the bio parents Mm -hmm. so we said no we're just going to foster but it was actually the people at the county that came back to us after reviewing our paperwork saying um you might want to mark the foster and adopt because if all the stars align And the child, the child or children that you end up having in your home that you get attached to, which you will get attached to, especially if you're doing it right, end up being up for adoption and you want to adopt the child and you don't check this little box. You will have to come back here and do all these classes again You have to see our faces again, fill out all this paperwork again. And in the meantime, while you're doing that, if someone else comes forward and wants to adopt that child, they very well could make a case to fight for that child because they did the things necessary to to adopt the kid, whereas we didn't check a little box. So that was the other big piece of paperwork that we had to make sure we signed or we checked Mm -hmm. before... Uh, for everything to line up the way it did. But sure enough, uh, we got matched, had all the paperwork in line. Uh, Leanna's queen of paperwork <laughs> promptness. She got all the things we needed to, all the forms.
1: We had signed, downloaded,
0: signed, We returned. signed all of
1: our paperwork the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. They came to the house. So we signed everything right there. They did the presentation, everything. And I had everything to the courthouse to file our petitions for adoption by lunchtime on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. Yep, even came to me where I was working that day. I want and had
0: me sign my my name on the hood of my car, (laughs) on the forms, to make sure.
1: I wanted. I just wanted my kids to be my kids. Yep. You know. So we got our adoption date before Christmas,
0: which was the best Christmas present. Yes.
1: Yes, and then January January 20th
0: we became date? a family of mm-hmm. four and a dog.
1: And a dog, that's right, four and, four and five. And, yeah. A family of and, five. And it wouldn't
0: be possible again without our precious Eva. Mhm. And stuff. So. Mhm. And but
1: again, if you had asked me if you had asked me 20 years ago what I would look what I expected my life to be, never would I have imagined in my head I was going to be a young mom of like two girls, curly red hair. Um, I was going to be the PTA mom, the stay at home mom. Like I was just going to do that whole thing. And, then stay at home? and here I am, 40 years old. I have two beautiful black boys. Um, I work while my husband is able to stay home with our boys. Um, and as I said, in the other, you know, video that every, everything in my life had worked out in some way, even if it wasn't the way I had expected it. So when we went to get our fertility, you know, news and stuff like that, like I, while we were trying, it was like, but I, I want to be a mom and I want to be a mom so bad, like it's, it's going to work out. I'll probably be fine. And then to find out it wasn't, I forgot that everything in my life had worked out in some way, even if it wasn't the way I wanted, because of the pain, it hurt too much. I could not just magically get, like, I couldn't get over that. And I can remember asking, you know, my friend, please, please, like, how long do you think this is going to hurt? Like, it still hurts. Do you think it's just going to go away? And she would say, no, it's not going to go away, honey. Like, this is part of you now. And and that's okay you know mm-hmm. and here i was it working out not the way i expected it but These worked boys. out in a way that it, you know it it worked out the way god needed it to work out mm-hmm. and had we not gotten this dog i don't know if we would have gotten lead here if we had not hit that foster and adopt box i don't know how it would have been different if we had said no we aren't going to go we're not going to take a child until the 18th instead of the 17th like there are just many things that one different answer to any of that and mm. it could have been a different a different future you know um but here we are
0: and here's at 11 where... o'clock
1: at night recording this because it took <laughs> that long to get the kids to sleep <laughs> but don't worry drake will be up in two hours Sure enough. And Dracy climbing into her bed two hours later. Yep. Yep. It's
0: like they're tagging each other. It's Like, okay, they're finally falling asleep. Exactly. Your turn. You. Your no, turn. I, go
1: for your pinky. <laughs> Tell them you want to talk. They love that.
0: Yeah. Well, yep, he does do that. Dracy does sit down sometimes, like, Dad, let's talk. Yeah. I love it. But they're our boys and it's our family. And I just right. love our family. And
1: And this is the path we were led down. Mm -hmm. In my heart, I believe if we hadn't been led down this path and it was you and I, it wouldn't have been just you and I. It would have been you and I because that's what, as believers, you know, God works it out somehow.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I had to change my expectations and shift my, you know, thoughts a lot to get where I was every step of the way families are there is no one formula for family Mm -hmm. and there is no minimum or maximum number for family and family doesn't just mean the people you're related to you know family is the people who cheer you on family is the people who check up on you and support you family is the you know fur babies that that you love on and you protect and you mother and father and and stuff like that it's there's no wrong definition of family
0: and i don't think i could (laughs) wrap it up any better than that other than saying you know we all have our own background we all have our own stories we all have our own ideas of what family looks like but we are all family here and this is family by heart if you have questions on our story at all, any more information you want to know, please feel free to reach out to either one of us. Uh, we're both on Facebook and social media. Um, so please feel free to reach out. But again, you know, we're born into our names, but we're family by heart. Thanks, sweetie. Love you. Love you.